0: Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick.
1: So hockey's a thing again because a bunch of lawyers agreed on some things. And one of those lawyers is named Donald Fear, who happens to be head of the Players Association. When we wrapped up last time, I I asked, how much longer is he going to be the head of the PA?
2: It's funny that you should have asked that because yesterday John Shannon from Sportsnet tweeted Donald Fair is 71, Gary Bettman is 68, and with at least six years of labor peace in the NHL you have to wonder if both men have negotiated their last collective bargaining agreements.
1: John, if you could get us in on some consulting work, because clearly you're listening,
0: let us know. <laughs> Listen to the end of the program. Yes. <laughs> Formerly of Sportsnet.
2: Formerly, sorry. Well, I, I was actually trying to dig around and see what who he was being employed by at this point. And the best I could find was Wikipedia saying that he was his employer is Sportsnet.
1: I, I have a feeling he is still being paid by Sportsnet, but obviously not being uh, utilized in any capacity.
0: So to, to to put a finite point on the question you've asked, my friend, um, after Seattle comes in, I think he's out.
1: Interesting. Now, why adding the 30-second team? Just logistics of...
0: Helping negotiate and manage and navigate the way through the expansion draft and any potential stuff that falls out of this COVID crap that they may want to deal with at the PA level until there's some sense of stability and the new TV deal and everything is negotiated... I think I think he'll hang around until then, and when and when all that's locked down, I think he'll probably either step aside.
1: That seems like a good transition point, not only for fear, but I think Bettman as well. Just call it intuition, but I think after Seattle drops the puck, I think some sort of,
2: um, Bill Daly takes over transition.
1: Some sort of transition plan will be set in place. I don't know if it'll be daily per se. It just depends on whatever the owner's bylaws are for, you know, who the next guy is. Cause literally they have only had one commissioner in the history of the, the league. So, they're doing something new here.
2: So it's tying up all the loose ends before they decide to kick people to the curb. Is that what you're saying, or more perhaps more accurately, they gracefully decide to retire before they're kicked to the curb.
1: Oh that, no, they're going to cash in with you know this new influx of TV money that we keep hearing about, and you know Seattle's entry fee. They get they get their percentage their percentage. Um, and then they retire with some cushy benefits plan, I'm sure.
0: The golden TV parachute.
1: Which, heck, after after what they're going to deal with over the next, you know, they've been dealing with it for the last six to 12 months anyway, you know, you're looking at potentially a three-year stretch of just navigating all this. I'd want to
0: retire, too. It's a prime opportunity.
1: Yeah. But I don't think they really have a choice because it's not like they can opt out of this at the moment. So
2: nice transition. Nice. So Where are we at now? What's the list? <laughs> two, three, two, four, five, six. <laughs>
1: I think it's I think officially the list is only. Five players, but then there's a uh, I don't understand list where it's were these players being added to the roster anyway or not? Those that are on NHL contracts. Two other
2: players that I know of?
1: Uh three that I am aware of. Um, So the complete list as of three or four hours ago and I haven't seen any new names since was Stephen Kempney of the Bruins, Travis Hamanick of the Flames, Mike Green of the Oilers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a trade that I'm remembering. Carl (laughs) Olsner of whatever Montreal's AHL team is. Uh, Yeah, Sven Barchi of the Canucks, which is a curious one they had to make an announcement on. Roman Polak, who just wasn't included on Dallas's roster. He didn't make an official statement. And Zach Troutman of the Penguins, who has some sort of injury. Uh, Mikhail Vorbinov, uh, the Flyers. And Nikolai Gudolbin of the Canucks. So basically, a couple of guys that have contracts over in Europe for next year. A couple of depth players that... Weren't going to be on a 30 skater roster anyway. Uh, Sven Barchi was a little curious because it was like, was he going to make it? Was he not? So outside of Hamannick, you know, Mike Green's, you know, in in the twilight of his career, uh, you know, no one of severe consequence.
2: But well, they, we still have 24 hours, right? We still After have this 24 recording? Hours.
1: Yes. <laughs> it is 4-12 Eastern on Sunday, and the deadline is 5 p.m. Uh, written notice to the league and to the team. So... Uh,
0: <sighs> now, I'm going to interject. Please. Is that really the deadline? Because when you have someone like Max Domi who gets to go... Uh, I think I'm going to wait seven to ten days before I make up before there's a final decision, because I want to see how things are.
2: Well, but here's the thing, is that people with, the, last I heard, or saw, or whatever, people with known medical conditions, such as type 1 diabetes, um, are going to have a thorough examination by the team doctor to determine if they should play and then if the team doctor says no, then they are allowed to go for a second opinion outside of the team doctor sphere. And if the second opinion says they are able to play, then the NHL has to decide if that, you know, they have to arbitrate that. So, um,
0: but. so that might
2: be the case. I don't know when, when quote unquote physicals are.
0: The statement I saw... Oh, I know. I saw it, too. Yeah. <laughs> ...indicated that it was a want-to-see-how-things-are-being-held or being done during this during Phase 4 before making a final assessment. Which sounds to me like he's already got his doctor's note saying, you can play if you feel comfortable. Otherwise, I'll write you a get-out-of-jail-free card. Right. Which I'm totally fine with. I... Well, let me back up first start by saying I have absolutely no problem with any of them opting out. none
2: no I, I'm impressed that any of them are
0: right i I God love Travis Hammonick for jumping jumping out and saying exactly what a lot of other players are probably thinking and really wrestling with, you know, but of course the good old boy hockey culture. You know,
2: <laughs> of which apparently Sidney Crosby is the head of.
0: Oh,
1: boy. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that.
0: <laughs> Don't go opening the dessert before we finish the main course. OK, Cassie, um, <laughs>
2: but, you know, you eat dessert first. And then if you have room for the main course, that's how you should work it. Or or as I like to do sometimes when I go to restaurants, I'll get an appetizer and dessert and not bother with the entree.
0: Because sometimes the appetizers are just too big. Um, Or they're better than the entrees, let's be Mm -hmm. honest. also true. Anyways, go on, I'm sorry. No, it just really boils down to... I mean, I get why they put a deadline on there, because they want to give the team's organizations a chance to sort of finalize some semblance of a roster, considering they're constrained to a fixed number of players and personnel. And, you know... It's sort of like a trade deadline in a sense that if you make a move after this, like if a player opts out or tests positive afterwards and has to be sidelined for the remainder of the tournament, you know, that puts that team in a lurch because for all intent and purposes, they're now short one player that can help them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I get it, but it just sort of highlights the whole fact that this is coming at ludicrous speed and not giving some of these guys that have conditions which conditions either themselves or within their family that make them really reticent about going in and and you know becoming a super spreader
2: i think i i, I want to say that people with known conditions have leeway, but people who don't have known conditions or family members with known conditions don't necessarily, but you're probably right. It's just a matter of like putting down on paper, a roster.
1: And here's the interesting thing that I have. I'm not, I'm not going to read all the legal documents. I'm, my brain's already fried from the 105 degree heat index that we're dealing with. Thank God.
2: Upper 90s here, yeah.
1: Thank God it's not gonna be like that, quite that high in Ontario and Alberta, but that's not my problem to deal with. But there's no set deadline for when the teams have to submit their travel rosters. I imagine it's whenever they're traveling to their hub city, so that's written down as July 26, which is conveniently more than ten days away from, you know, when uh, Montreal released their statement on Max Domi. So, uh, who knows what they're going to do? I'm, I'm. It is curious how half, I'd say a third of the teams have released some sort of roster of here's going who, who's going to be at training camp
0: and quite
1: a few others that happened. So, we shall see.
0: Well, I also like that um, the Leafs announced that Matthews was cleared to play.
2: Yeah, earlier
1: today. Oh, he was cleared from what? Right. You can only imagine which opens up a whole another can of worms. But I'm sh- basically um, sports books are probably going to be pissed.
2: Well, you know, the other nice. So go ahead, go ahead
0: Patrick. No, go ahead, Cassie.
2: Uh, I was just going to say the other nice thing, of course, is the N- the NHL is centralizing all of their um, quote unquote injury announcements so that they have control of the message.
1: are there going to be injury announcements or is a player simply going to be unable to participate?
2: I, and I think that's that's going to be the standard language regardless of what happens so that they can hide who has COVID and who doesn't.
0: Yeah. Like I said, all we're going to see is that so-and-so is out for two weeks or week to week.
2: Yeah, yeah. week to week.
1: And the only rationale where I could see, all right, I know why they have to do it and they are probably doing the best thing, but given how just even in day-to-day life, how wacky some of the testing results are and how, you know, there have been some false positives and you don't exactly know where in a person's transmission cycle for lack of a better term. Cause once again, I'm pretending to be some sort of medical expert, uh, no I'm not mm-hmm. you net you just never know like what phase they are so when they do their subsequent follow up tests someone you know test positive then test negative then test positive we just don't know like even medical professionals like people being diagnosed in hospitals there's just so much inc- inconsistency and fluidity just from you know different cities within a given state that are run by same, you know, health departments that who knows what's going to happen once they're locked in their bubbles.
0: No, so much, not to sidetrack, but so much of that depends on the test and whether it's an antibody test or a viral detection test, because the antibody tests are far more val- fallible because they don't, uh, you have an antibody which is not specific to any one strain from everything I'm reading. You've had some form of a coronavirus. It doesn't mean you had COVID-19. It may mean it, but it doesn't. It, it's not 100% accurate. You may have had MERS or SARS or any of the other ones that have floated around the last decade or so. So, uh, you know, and then to your... I think the the health departments themselves are where the real problem is. Because you get ones that are intentionally trying to hide numbers and other ones that are intentionally trying to boost numbers and blah, blah, blah. blah. You know. Stick to medicine. Quit politicizing medicine.
2: And those are only the ones that are diagnosed.
0: <laughs> uh, right. It, you know, it's the whole ticking time bomb thing, right? yep we just i don't i don't know if i said this on the podcast or if it was just between the three of us our son was tested last week actually two weeks ago no it was last week no the the week before good god it was two weeks ago
1: it was a it, day in the past
0: it didn't was. happen today in well in mean, the past. You know, the week thing, because we're recording on Sundry Sunday, whose boundary of a week is, is it start of the new week or is this the end of the last week? Um, regardless, it took them ten days to get our test results back to him to us. You right. know, I don't know what they're going to do to accelerate the testing process process for the players. Because, like we said last episode, you're seeing baseball teams. That are like we don't have results back from tests from like three or four days ago.
2: And so they're sitting out and they're not doing anything.
0: Right. So Which I, the NHL would not do. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping beyond hope that they have all these ducks in a row so that it will be a smooth process and they can get at least thirty six hour you know, from test to result.
2: And they they hold the person out that is suspect?
0: Well, 30, you know, uh, 36 hours from test to result gives you a little, you know, it is a, it is technically a day and a half, but it gives you, it gives you that cycle of being able to test them. And then on an off day, assess the test and then make the decision for the next day before your cycle starts over again. So, uh,
1: which is precisely why, at least in the, you know, the, the gridded schedule, we haven't seen actual times, at most teams are only going to play in one back-to-back scenario the first 10 days here, so.
2: And it's not like they're traveling.
1: Yeah. So there there is definitely the possibility of playing choice within 36 hours, but. They may That may not happen, so there might be enough time to get results. Not that it's going to make a huge difference when everyone is inside in tight quarters. Inside or a
2: golfing, or at the movies, or Whoa. at a local restaurant, because that's all within the quote-unquote secure zone.
1: Yeah, I got nothing there and isn't it sad how golf is the one and i'm not a golfer my father-in-law is i used to play as a kid when you're just hitting a ball and it wasn't you know
0: aggravating
2: yeah or didn't mean anything
1: boring the average joe or jane wasn't hiring golf pros to teach them how to play you just sucked and you swore a couple times on the course and you had fun, maybe. Anyway, it's like, that's the one activity where, all right, that's all they can do. I'm okay with that because they're outside. It's one of the lowest risk things that health departments and different bodies have said. Yeah, it's, it's entirely set up. So where you're not near people and what, and once guys are in a locker room together, I mean, you're, I don't care if they play as a twosome on a golf course because you couldn't avoid each other on a bench or in dressing stalls. What does it matter on a golf course when you're outside? As long as no one's working, you know, on the course and you don't have personal caddies and all that nonsense.
2: I'm staying out of that part of the conversation because I was technically a golf pro for um, three years. so. (laughs) Don't know how. Didn't play golf, but that was part of my my job description.
1: And weren't there a lunch uh, a lot of foolish people that paid a lot of money for things that they may or may maybe shouldn't have?
2: Yeah, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> <you.
0: laughs> Those who cannot do, teach. Um, hi, that's me. Yeah, hi, me too. Uh, I drove by a golf course um down by our house today packed parking lot was absolutely packed mm-hmm. i looked out on the course couldn't see a soul there was a couple people on one of the on one of the greens on i think it's the back nine and other than that i didn't see anyone anywhere and i'm like okay where the hell are all these people then
2: they all came individually and they're all, <laughs> they're all in the front nine.
0: <laughs> I, are they all in the clubhouse, you know, watching, yeah, watching probably, golf?
2: Yeah. They're all doing right. the, the social thing without looking like they're being social. Because right. they're awesome. Supposedly playing golf,
0: right? I'm going out golfing because it's socially safe to do, which really means I'm going to go sit in the clubhouse, watch other people play golf on TV and drink with mm-hmm. everyone else. And then maybe go hit the putting green. Yeah, We're
2: all
0: going to die. 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 There's no driving range at this one, unfortunately. Or else Uh, I'd be there. Just because I've got that big hockey swing and absolutely no accuracy, it's so much fun.
2: (laughs) See, I always get confused because when I played hockey, I shot left, but... And when I played baseball, I swung right. And so whenever I pick up a golf club, I'm like, I'm not sure which way I should be doing this. (laughs) Should I be swinging left or swinging right? What clubs do I need?
1: (laughs) I'm in that same boat. And whenever I really suck, especially on a putt-putt course, I just switch. If I miss, switch to left. If you miss again, go back to right. Because it can't hurt. Because it sure isn't helping.
2: Well, it's nice if you have, you know, clubs that you can switch back and forth with. (laughs) Usually can't do that with golf clubs, though. Anywho.
0: (laughs) Oh, I, uh, one of the times I went to a driving range, just, you know, hitting the living bejesus out of the ball. I can't stand golf, but it's a great stress release. Just whack. Oh, yeah. Get the hell out. Whack. Um, just sailing these things. And as I was rolling out another bucket, I had a little Miyagi moment. As a as a little um, Japanese man, I know he was Japanese, um, came up to me and sort of looked at me and tapped me on the shoulder. He says, you hit the ball too hard. I'm like, that's kind of why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 no swing less hard and it will go straight for you i'm like no no you you're not uh, i'm taking my anger out on the ball and he sort of looked at me and goes oh (laughs)
1: and
0: then he stopped and he goes you hit the ball perfectly hard enough then (laughs) walked (laughs) off
1: because the sound hitting the ball is extremely hard is way more satisfying than the distance or the trajectory
0: oh I you know I was probably 270 280 you know but left or right never straight you know yeah they'd curve like right around the 200 yard you know and that just hit the netting somewhere yeah
1: yeah, well, at least that sound is going to be a lot more pleasant than some of the potential piped-in sound for some of these games.
0: Uh, I like, like how I set that up for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's almost like you, uh, how, how would you say, put it on a tee. Mm. Thank you. My family is mm. out for for a little bit, so I'm getting all the terrible puns out of my system now.
2: I guess we're done here. Let's Good night, everybody.
0: No, no, <laughs> hang on. How in the hell did you not walk a walk right there?
2: Uh, yeah,
1: it's. Um, I can't stretch walk a walk for 15 seconds.
0: Fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, so apparently, multiple teams are sending out emails asking for videos from fans. Very explicit instructions on what to do. Almost like they're setting things up for broadcasts. I'm thankful I haven't gotten one of these emails yet, so it's just one less thing to delete, but...
2: Free labor.
1: Oh, I mean, I already know I'm a walking marketing department when I just wear a piece of, you know, clothing. But... Yeah, they don't need my garbage terribly shot iPhone or Android video, so.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hang on. No, nah, they wouldn't be that clever. Nah, they couldn't be that clever.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, that goes without saying, but what are you thinking?
0: A whole bunch, bear with me, a 24 inch 16 by 9 monitors in portrait mode. Like just on the 100 level, sort of, you know, up to the first concourse around the rink. And they just broadcast these videos, you know, if they get enough of them. Yeah, no, I don't
2: see that. I think it's going to be like. Sunrise thing Much easier and cheaper yeah. But your idea is great I just don't think that they're Interested in going that way So that's what's going to happen in
1: Toronto But it's 100% feasible in Edmonton Because as we learned Sportsnet's producing all the video out of Edmonton and Right.
0: NBC is doing
1: everything out of Toronto
0: with sportsnet equipment i'll guarantee you
1: oh for sure because there's no way they're getting all that stuff across borders right now.
0: well and and probably sportsnet production people behind the scenes too
2: paying them. yeah
0: yeah it's,
1: it would, it's cheaper for sam flood so he can you know pay well, for I milbury's mean, necess- contract extension
2: necessary because he can't cross the border <laughs> Unless you're considered essential personnel, and I'm not sure media is. But, I mean, who
0: knows? Yeah, see, the reason I'm thinking that whole monitor thing might not be... I mean, they may just do projection. They may just throw up and do, like, projection on, this, on screen. But, and maybe they just, oh, maybe they just sort of lay a big screen around the 100 level, and they just yes. project down onto it.
1: Just like they're thinking with, you know, the dashers for advertising and the on-ice spots.
0: Yeah, the reason I'm thinking that is just because, like, the 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 mail that the Rangers sent out is fairly specific, right? And mm-hmm. it's and it's not the clanting and doing the "Let's Go Rangers" chant so much as it is the 30 seconds of reacting to a goal being scored. For first three seconds, like people are going to time themselves, you should pretend that you are anticipating the goal and then explode into celebration.
1: Yeah. Make sure it's recorded horizontally and from the waist up like it's it's going to be used in a very specific manner.
0: Right. Seated or standing, look directly into the camera like it is going to be used in a very specific manner. (sighs) Hmm. I yeah, mean, this is,
1: it's, it's better than the idea of, you know, having people on Zoom or Skype live oh, yeah. reacting and creating any sort of garbage noise.
0: Oh, gotcha. Uh, the, the other one I liked, though, I think it was one of the baseball teams. I think it was one of the Barry baseball teams. I would have to go look it up again. And you guys may know this. Um, sent out a a request or an offer that basically says, hey, if you send us a picture of you and, you know, make a donation to our charity foundation, we'll make a cut out of you that, you know, will sit in the stands.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And I'm like, that's pretty cheeky. That's not bad.
1: Now, the question is, if that were allowed in hockey, what sort of screening process for what the cardboard cutout would actually be? Because I could think, you know, in well, it's a shame neither LA or San Jose is playing. Because you could get the cutout of Wisniewski getting pied in the face and just have that sit awkwardly in the stands.
0: Oh, I'd pay for that again in a heartbeat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. were were you somewhat involved with that?
0: Oh my God. That was the best money I ever spent. (laughs) Oh, that was the best money I ever spent in my entire life. I needed that. I don't want to, I don't want to dive into it too much. I needed that laugh and that whole surreal scenario of saying, I can't make it down because of this reason. So could you have a stand in for me and being asked who I would like to have stand in, I said I, wanted, I said I wanted Bob Miller because I loved Bob Miller. Bob Miller is one of my favorite broadcasters of all time. And then I got an email back saying, well, we're going to do more than one person. We we're going to do like four people. And it was going to be Bailey, you, your guest, and your two guests. And I said, oh, okay, well, bleh, okay, you know, Bob Miller and Jim Fox." And I said, I'm kind of stuck. You know, I, I think it'd be fun if a king, if another Kings fan went down there, you know, and as a proxy for everyone. And I got another email back saying, Will Wheaton's going to do it. Done. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, okay. Because I knew Greg's little brain to just nerd out like no one's business on that one. <laughs> Oh, actually, no. I said it'd be fun if another, if if another, if you had a celebrity king's fan stand in for me, because I was thinking, you know, someone like Retta or um, oh, what's her face? Oh God, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Right, there's a couple other. I wasn't thinking specifically of Will. I just sort of said, you know, one of the celebrity fans. Oh, Colin Hanks. What's her face? I was thinking Colin Hanks okay. or Retta.
1: I was trying to think who who's the specific female fan? No, I was in outside of Retta, i couldn't I couldn't think of one
0: I was getting I was getting the Pia Toscana, the lady that does their anthems,
1: oh okay, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, sorry, yes, it was called I was th- I just blanked on 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 crusher on on will. I just was like, oh, Colin Hanks or Retta or you know blah blah blah. And then to get it back, saying, "Oh yeah, okay." How about Will Wheaton? <laughs> yes, please, thank you. <laughs> so anyway, um, yes, that I would, I would pay money to have that cut out, and I would pay money for a charity to have that cut out sitting in Edmonton.
1: I would pay money for a cutout of uh, Don Cherry wearing a bunch of jerk shirt. Would never happen since this is taking place in Canada, but just the irony.
0: Well, you know, someone still owes us a picture of of him wearing a bunch of jerk shirts.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, someone who might be working for a certain network.
0: A certain Canadian network. Someone
1: who might just happen to be working during one of said games
0: versus those jerks. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes gosh who might
0: that be brian jerk
1: <laughs> i mean he, he he's he got a book coming out to promote so does he really yeah sometime this fall i mean i'm sure timetable might be delayed a little bit but yeah
0: he has a book coming out soon hmm. okay I don't know if I'd want him narrating the audio version,
1: though. Oh, God, no.
0: No. One of his kids,
1: absolutely. Just so we could hear, like, the sighs at, <laughs> at particular moments.
0: Um, oh, my God, does it have to be Patrick then? No,
1: no. Actually, uh, his daughter, Molly, who she works for a tech company who I'm somewhat familiar with. She would actually do a pretty good job of it, I, I think.
0: Um, yeah, but I just think Patrick going to have an absolute field day with him because
1: no, you know what you do? You have Patrick at least narrate all the chapter titles. Oh, okay. Like, like the old department of player safety videos that somehow disappeared. Like he can do it in spurts, but he can't do a full chapter read because he would lose some of his fastball. Yeah, that's probably true. So if it were a family project, <gasps> it might come out it might work a little better.
0: Oh my god, there it is. Yes.
1: Once again, consulting. We We're not just about hockey. We we can do a little bit of everything.
2: I can make maps. <laughs> if you need maps, if you need to be if you need diagrams to tell you where to go. there's a there's a a, an old t-shirt that was i wish i'd gotten but like years ago it came out was like don't piss off the geographer because not only will they tell you where to go but they'll draw you a map to show you how to get there
0: Oh, i was thinking of something along those lines that may have been a little worse
2: um (laughs) well i mean it was a t-shirt for public consumption so i'm sure the original (laughs) thought was probably a lot worse <laughs>
0: this yeah. is more than likely true oh god i don't know if i want to open up this can of worms god it's funny because it's I've got one of you in my left ear and one of you in my <laughs> right ear, so it's literally like you're sitting on my shoulders. I'm you know, little yes, double, you do. And he's
2: little so so,
0: so
1: is this is exactly what it's like to be a hockey fan at all times. Oh God, shoot, shoot,
0: pass, pass. <laughs> God. So yes, you do. What, do you, what was the topic that you wanted? It's to like... the one that you broached earlier.
2: Oh, Crosby trying to bully his teammates into like skating with him
0: by saying they're welcome to join him how is that I mean that is that is the most Canadian passive aggressive bullying I've ever heard <laughs> but you know, we've but already if- had a penguin player opt out granted he's just a kid but
2: <sighs> yeah. like I don't you get sick we're gonna win the cup so you guys should you guys should be skating with me
0: I don't think that's even it I think he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't
2: it's true. It's
0: good you thing. know I don't think he's out there browbeating anyone to join him now we'll all have this massive discussion about he sets the example and blah 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 well he set an example by saying everyone's welcome to join now did he say it you know Machiavellian style like everyone is welcome to join or was it more everyone's welcome to join it's like dude right it's dude which means are you behind the door with an axe dude Mm -hmm. I haven't seen you for years dude I slept with your woman you know it's it's influx right it's the inflection
2: Mm -hmm. context you have, really, have that,
0: you have to have the inflection to get the context. Right. Yeah. I don't. I'm not sure. I. I I'm not sure. I uh, subscribe to him browbeating by saying everyone's welcome to join. But again, you know, he's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't. With him. So my problem my say.
2: problem is, and I don't know if this was just left out or it wasn't said or if it was a this doesn't need to be said thing. But my problem with it was if you don't feel comfortable, it's OK. You don't have to, you know, basically kind of thing, something along those lines instead of it just being you're welcome to show up.
0: Well, and you know, that's it. That's the other thing, too. It's was there a full quote? No, was that it?
1: that was specifically mentioned almost as uh, uh, just a, a not even an anecdote, but it was just kind of an off the cuff. It wasn't an exact quote. This was from a column that a paraphrase. Yeah. I I would say paraphrasing is best, but it was just kind of a throw-in in in the middle of a paragraph where the principal contacts or people speaking in this... It was a Rob Rossi column on The Athletic. He talked to Jim Rutherford, and I think he got some quotes from Chris... No, it it looks like mainly just Rutherford is the only first-person source on here.
0: Uh, So well so so if i'm going to pull back and and pull the thread on this sweater a little bit the the remainder that i wrote or read that i wrote like i'm rob rossi that i read oh was, dear god
1: i would not wish that upon you
0: yeah i know i'm <laughs> i'm sorry i wouldn't wish that on anyone either um was that he was running practices yeah right so yeah. okay so i'm going to put two and two together here Hey, and, anybody wants to show up? They're welcome to join. And now, running practices
2: sound- in the way that the coach would be running practices. Right.
0: Now, yes. does, But but that but does again does that sound like he's browbeating anyone? If you say, hey, he's out there running practices. Anyone who wants to come join him is welcome to. Now, is that browbeating anyone? Depends. <laughs> uh, again, de- you know.
2: Yeah, it depends because, like, it could be. It could be the, he's running practices in the way the coach would run practices so that everybody will be ready to play when they hit the ice so you'd better show up. Or it could be the, hey, I've got this thing going, and if you're interested, you can show up,
0: well, like you were saying. I, I, <laughs> or is it the, hey, I'm running things the way that practice would be so we can hit the ground running with who we have? Right? I, I See, I, I think there's so much of this that it's just like, it's such a fine line, you know, between, you know, like clever and stupid, right? You know, it's just such a fine line. Uh, the world's not black and white. Very rarely is it black. Very rarely is it black and white. The world is gray. I think it's somewhere in the middle of, he's sitting there saying, I'm going to run practices this way because this is going to get everyone up to speed and blah, blah, blah. If you want to come down here and do it, Fine.
1: Yeah. And we're also talking about it. it, I'll I'll read the sentence in question. So the athlete, uh, several players told the athletic that captain Sidney Crosby while stopping short of demanding attendance of teammates made it clear in may that all were welcome to join him for workouts. Once the NHL permitted attendance, what this fails to, to mention is practice facilities weren't open to the players necessarily in may, if you could rent ice on your own, which I have a feeling Sydney Crosby would have no problem doing that was completely permissible. It wasn't until, you know, just a few weeks into June where practice facilities were open for, for players to use. So who, I don't know what kind of inference he is trying to make with this statement, him being Rob Rossi
0: he set it up with the first part of the statement but while he stopping it. short of demanding players. Why does he think that he's stopping short of demanding players? I mean, that just set, that's what set this whole thing off, is mm-hmm. that—is that phrase right there.
1: Because we as hockey fans have been conditioned and rightfully so in 99% of the cases because when we see stuff like this, we know exactly what the inference is and Sometimes we can't see both sides of it, even though it's completely gray. No matter what his intent, him being Sidney Crosby, whatever his intentions are, it
2: doesn't matter what his intentions were. It matters what his teammates thought he was trying to do.
1: mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's not spelled out anywhere for anyone. And
2: well, no, it says says at that very beginning that according to a few teammates, right, the. He stopped short of demanding that
0: they show up, which is, you know, if you're going to do that, then what did they say that made you believe that it was stopping short of demanding that they show up? Was it was he texting him constantly? Was he calling him constantly? Hey, you coming down? Hey, you coming down? Hey, you coming down? Hey, you coming, you know, like a little kid asking if we're there yet or did he just say, hey. I'm running practices down here. If you want to come down, come on down. You
1: know? Or if you're going to get on the
0: ice. Come down and you, practice you, with me. Yeah. Right? Which I'm I, sure it's
1: a little bit of all of it.
0: Which I would, I would be more apt to say, hey, you know, are you thinking about practicing? Well, I was kind of thinking about it. Well, hey, if you are, why don't you come down and practice with me? You know? And I cannot believe, I am going to, right here, right now, it is one fifty-one on the twelfth of July, two thousand twenty, and I am defending Sydney Crosby. That should never happen.
2: It's twenty <laughs> twenty. Right there. There you go. Anything that's, that's can. Happen. It's it's the year where anything and can happen and it does.
0: <laughs> I cannot believe I'm the one sitting here defending Sydney. Oh my god.
2: Now you know I. <sighs> We all know how like intensely competitive he is, and you know he's he's what thirty one, thirty two, something like that. And if they don't pl- finish this tournament, then you know who knows when the next season's gonna start. And so I'm sure he feels like his window is closing. But and, and so knowing the personality behind that, and the fact that it's Canadian passive aggressiveness i'm thinking that that he was you know his intent was probably show up if you want to i've got i've got ice but the message that everybody got was if you're gonna skate do it now and come with me
0: (laughs) which (laughs) is which is still even saying it's not browbeating them to go out and skate or to or to demand that they show up at it's you know it's saying hey I'd prefer you do it with me if you do it and uh, you know the competitive side of him is I can't believe good God am defending Sidney Crosby just I'm waiting I'm waiting for that comet to sur- to hit me right now I just because that's the end um, the competitive side of him is one thing but the all of the Verified anecdotal stuff about him also shows that he is incredibly empathetic and sympathetic to people that come to him and say, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing this or I need help with this. So it's, you know, it's once you're on the ice, he's that way. Once you're off the ice, I just, you know. And and the window for him closing is sort of like, uh, let's look back on his three cups.
2: Right. Yeah, but I mean, he's always looking ahead to the next win. He which
0: is which is okay. Now again, I'm going to defend here. He's <laughs> no he's no different in that aspect than almost every other player. Right. right. But I'm sure he wants to amass as many as possible. They all want to amass as many as possible, and who knows if he thinks he's got the best chance at it right now. Blah, 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 but... And again, I'm defending Sidney Crosby. Oh, my God. <clears throat> but I don't... I I just... As much as I despise him on the ice, this is a, this is very Brian Burke moment. Everything, you know, everything about him on the ice just makes me want to punch him. Everything off the ice, I have utmost respect for him. Because I've never seen him be that guy I've never heard stories about him being that guy you know the, the the cut in line at club because you know take the champagne room and and all this other kind of crap not saying he might not be that way but he's he's sort of like a precursor to Connor McDavid he's almost just a hockey savant that's all he cares about right everything else to him is, is just you know He's, he's like got Asperger's for hockey, <laughs> right? It's, if you're not talking to me about hockey, I don't want to talk to you. And then when he gets into human mode, you know, he's the, he'll, he'll take uncomfortable hugging pictures at airports type thing. Cause he's like, where, why are strange people touching me? They're not hockey. Um,
1: Which just a segue now that needs to be a cardboard cutout in the stands.
0: The, the two pictures of him of Connor yes. uh, <laughs> hugged at the airport would be epic. You just
1: right up on the glass during Oilers games. Mm-hmm.
0: And and you stand them in the aisle too, right? Yeah. So they're not in a seat. So they're like standing there in the aisle. Like I, think,
2: I think during, during breaks in play or period intermissions, it should move. It should migrate yeah. around.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: So you never know quite exactly where it's going to be. <laughs>
0: Now and then, and, when they, and then when they do the walk, they should do an arena walk shot, right? Because they always do the the before they cut to commercial and a lot of the the regional sports broadcasts, they do the the concourse walk shot, which is usually stock footage they've shot from some other game. But anyway, um, where they're walking through the concourse and all the people are you know getting concessions or going to the bathroom and stuff, and you just have a bunch of those awkward shots of him and other players just sort of on the concourse. Oh my God, that would be epic.
1: So someone has to set up a train. Home Alone style to move these objects on the concourse.
2: See, this is what I don't understand. And and I've never understood this because this is not how women's sports actually work, or at least oh, you, in my experience. Oh, is you mean, the that, ones that are
1: actually doing a good job of getting their sport off the ground and and performing and getting on television, those women's sports?
2: Yeah, the ones that everybody like, are, are like, nobody likes women's sports, but somehow they, they seem to outperform um, audience um, expectations and stuff. So anyway, um, so when I was playing sports, and maybe this is a, an old person thing, I don't know. <laughs> but when I was playing sports and I was in a tournament of any kind, teams would be sitting in the stands when they weren't playing. So, you know, my team would be, and I played basketball in high school, I played hockey after high school, but in high school, especially if we weren't playing, we would sit in the stands and watch our next opponent or the team that we thought was, you know, going to be the hardest to play against or whatever, and just sit there. In hockey, they don't do that. And men's hockey is the, is that any time that they're not playing, they're not at the rink. So I never quite understood that because you could have a number of teams sitting in the stands while they aren't playing. And, you know, they would be in a place where they wouldn't be out getting COVID.
1: (laughs) And given the losses that half these players are going to take over the next few years, they may need some scouting jobs.
0: Exactly. Just to
1: hold them over. Um, here's an interesting tidbit that just came over the wire
0: i really uh, quick though i think they should i think they should be forced to buy tickets so it's hockey related revenue
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, but only if it gets taken out escrow <laughs>
0: that's double dipping right there is yeah. they're
2: contributing to hockey related revenue and getting escrow paid out but they're also
0: contributing to hockey related revenue which contributes to the cap going up
2: Which it's not going to do next
0: year. So
1: in the last 30 minutes, because, you know, double dipping and deciding what is a playoff game, what is not a playoff game, is still kind of up in the air in flux. Apparently players that are on a team's reserve list that can be signed to a new contract that played over in Europe, say... Ilya Sorkin for the Islanders, oh, Krill Kaprizov for the Wild. Apparently now they can sign contracts and play with the teams.
2: No, they do know that the, the, the round robin round mm-hmm. is actually going to be statistically counted as playoff statistics. Yes. So technically it is actually... All playoffs, but all I've, games are all playoffs,
1: they count as playoff statistics. But those round Robin games are postseason games for all other intensive purposes. But what kills me is players will be allowed to sign contracts and join their teams in their phase three and phase four protocols, but they still can't play in games. Because everything I'm reading, one from Michael Russo, who's focused on the Wild signing, Kaprizov, and then one from Arthur Staples, who's focused on the goalies, Sorkin. Just let the kids play. If they're going to take the risk to come all the way over here and join them, instead of just signing a contract to burn a year of their ELCs, just let them play it's so maddening how rules change on the flip of a dime. Like they forced all the GMs down the exact same draft lottery odds, but yet they're changing things in this situation. It's just all baffling
0: to me. So, you know what we need? We need, why why would anyone, uh, why would anyone want to burn a year off their ELC? Why would any team want? Oh my God. Okay please get us out of here pat before i come my head completely explodes from my own stupidity in defending of Sidney crosby
1: yeah who let's be honest might not he can't think about anything other than hockey It may not be able to take other things seriously whereas we on the other hand can do the complete opposite so let's change it up because we've got between this week and next week everything's going to be Lines tweeted out from practices again and, you know, photographs from the one sm- social media person. But I think over the course of the lock, the uh, ooh, I almost said lockdown lockout. No, no,
2: that's that's like six and a half years from now.
1: Pending, you know, pending whoever the next <laughs> commissioner will be. Uh, no, no. Um, During quarantine, during the pause, I think Sean McAdoo, Down Goes Brown, had some of the best content that I've read out of any hockey writer. And he has fun with making hockey lineups and rosters. But he can't steal all the good ideas. And quite frankly, enough of his readers and listeners give him freebies. So, Sean, to that I say, I challenge you to come up with this before our next episode. (laughs) What's the, we'll, we'll just stick with a line. We'll keep it simple. What's the best oh, uh, starting lineup of six players that you can make with one syllable last names?
0: This has been the 3B3 podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.